Welcome to Quanta Magazine's podcast. Each episode, we bring you stories about developments in science and mathematics. I am Susan Vallett. For more than 250 years, mathematicians have been trying to blow up some of the most important equations in physics, those that describe how fluids flow. If they succeed, then they'll have discovered a scenario in which those equations break down, a vortex that spins infinitely fast, perhaps, or a current that abruptly stops and starts, or a particle that whips past its neighbors infinitely quickly. Beyond that point of blow-up, known as the singularity, the equations will no longer have solutions. They will fail to describe even an idealized version of the world we live in. Then, mathematicians will have reason to wonder just how universally dependable they are as models of fluid behavior. Now, a new approach to machine learning might be getting them closer to that blow-up. That's next. Imagine you're in a lab where you've synthesized ancient DNA sequences and spliced them into modern bacteria just to see how they'd react. They needed each other, but they didn't want each other. (laughs) So, you know, it was like a very complicated relationship unfolding in front of me. This isn't Jurassic Park or some sci-fi movie. I'm Steve Strogatz, and this is The Joy of Why a new podcast from Quantum Magazine that takes you into some of the biggest unanswered mysteries in science and math today. Join me on The Joy of Why as we explore these questions. We may not have all the answers yet, but I'm pretty sure the curiosity to figure them out is in our DNA. Subscribe to The Joy of Why wherever you get your podcasts. New episodes drop every other Thursday. Singularities can be as slippery as the fluids they're meant to describe. To find one, mathematicians often take the equations that govern fluid flow, feed them into a computer, and run digital simulations. They start with a set of initial conditions, then watch until the value of some quantity, like velocity or vorticity, begins to grow wildly, seemingly on track to blow up. Yet, computers can't definitively spot a singularity, for the simple reason that they can't work with infinite values. If a singularity exists, computer models might get close to the point where the equations blow up, but they can never see it directly. Indeed, apparent singularities have vanished when probed with more powerful computational methods. But such approximations are still important. With one in hand, mathematicians can use a technique called a computer-assisted proof to show that a true singularity exists close by. They've already done it for a simplified one-dimensional version of the problem. Now, in a preprint posted online earlier this year, a team of mathematicians and geoscientists has uncovered an entirely new way to approximate singularities. It's one that harnesses a recently developed form of deep learning. Using this approach, they were able to peer at the singularity directly. They're also using it to search for singularities that have eluded traditional methods in hopes of showing that the equations aren't as infallible as they might seem. The work has launched a race to blow up the fluid equations. 
On one side is the deep learning team. On the other are mathematicians who've been working with more established techniques for years. Regardless of who might win the race, if at all, the result showcases how neural networks could help transform the search for new solutions to scores of different problems. The equations at the center of the new work were written down by Leonard Euler in 1757 to describe the motion of an ideal incompressible fluid. That's a fluid that has no viscosity or internal friction, and that can't be squeezed into a smaller volume. Fluids that do have viscosity, like many of those found in nature, are modeled instead by the Navier-Stokes equations. Blowing up those would earn a $1 million millennium prize from the Clay Mathematics Institute. Given the velocity of each particle in the fluid at some starting point, the Euler equations should predict the flow of the fluid for all time. But mathematicians want to know whether in some situations the equations could eventually run into trouble. There's reason to suspect this might be the case. The ideal fluids they model don't behave anything like real fluids that are just the slightest bit viscous. The formation of a singularity in the Euler equations could explain this divergence. In 2013, a pair of mathematicians proposed just such a scenario. The dynamics of a full three-dimensional fluid flow can get impossibly complicated. So Thomas Howe, a mathematician at Caltech, and Go Lo, now at the Heng Seng University of Hong Kong, considered flows that obey a certain symmetry. In their simulations, a fluid rotates inside a cylindrical cup. The fluid in the top half of the cup swirls clockwise, while the bottom half swirls counterclockwise. The opposing flows lead to the formation of other complicated currents that cycle up and down. Soon enough, at a point along the boundary where the opposing flows meet, the fluid's vorticity explodes. This demonstration provided compelling evidence of a singularity, but without a proof, it was impossible to know for sure that it was one. Before Howe and Lowe's work, many simulations proposed potential singularities, but most of them disappeared when tested later on a more powerful computer. Vladimir Severak, a mathematician at the University of Minnesota, says you think there is one. Then you put it on a bigger computer with a much better resolution and somehow what seemed like a good singularity scenario, it just turns out it's not really the case. Sometimes it disappears, sometimes it's inconclusive. That's because these solutions can be finicky. They're vulnerable to small, seemingly trivial errors that can accumulate with each time step in a simulation. Charlie Pfefferman is a mathematician at Princeton University. It's a very subtle art to try to do a good simulation on a computer of the 3D Euler equation because it is so, the equation is so sensitive to little tiny, tiny errors in the 38th decimal place of the solution. And so that means that whenever anybody does a numerical simulation, either one can dismiss it pretty quickly because you can see that it's sloppy, or if it's done extremely well you don't know whether to believe it or not. Still, Howe and Lowe's approximate solution for a singularity has held up against every test thrown at it so far, and it's inspired a great deal of related work, including full proofs of blow-up for weaker versions of the problem.
Here's Vladimir Severak again. It's not a mathematically proven thing, but it's a very plausible scenario. By far the best scenario so far for singularity formation, which has survived all the tests which you can put on it, has a lot of supporting evidence. To fully prove blow-up, mathematicians need to show that given the approximate singularity, a true one exists nearby. They can rewrite that statement in precise mathematical terms and then show that it's true if certain properties can be verified. But verifying those properties requires a computer to perform a series of computations that involve the approximate solution. The computer also carefully controls any errors that might accumulate in the process. Ho and his graduate student, Jia Chen, have been working toward a computer-assisted proof for several years now. They've refined the approximate solution from 2013 and are now using that approximation as the foundation for their new proof. They've also shown that this general strategy can work for problems that are easier to solve than the Euler equations. Now, another group has joined the hunt. They've found an approximation of their own one that closely resembles Howe and Lowe's result, but they used a completely different approach. They're currently using it to write their own computer-assisted proof. To obtain their approximation, though, they first needed to turn to a new form of deep learning. Tristan Buckmaster is a mathematician at Princeton who's currently a visiting scholar at the Institute for Advanced Study. Buckmaster encountered this new approach purely by chance, Last year, Charlie Cohen Breen, an undergraduate in his department, asked him to sign off on a project. Cohen Breen had been studying ice sheet dynamics in Antarctica under the supervision of Princeton geophysicist Ching Yao Li. Using satellite imagery and other observations, they were trying to infer the viscosity of the ice and predict its future flow. But to do that, they relied on a deep learning approach that Buckmaster hadn't seen before. Traditional neural networks get trained on lots of data in order to make predictions, but a physics-informed neural network, or PIN, P-I-N-N, must satisfy a set of underlying physical constraints as well. These might include laws of motion, energy conservation, or thermodynamics, whatever scientists might need to encode for the particular problem they're trying to solve. Injecting physics into the neural network serves several purposes. For one, it allows the network to answer questions when very little data is available. It also enables the PIN to infer unknown parameters in the original equations. Yongji Wang is a postdoctoral researcher in Lai's lab and one of the new paper's co-authors. The problem is that in most cases, we are not actually knowing the equation. So we are learning data, but we know roughly how the equation should look like. But we just don't know what term is actually or what the coefficient of term should be. That was the case for the parameter that Lai and Cohen Breen were trying to determine. George Carniadakis is an applied mathematician at Brown University who developed the first pins in 2017. If you are working with very complex fluids, you don't know their equation of state, for example. So you would use pins to discover the equation of state, for example, plasmas, partially ionized plasmas. We don't know their equation of state. So you can use the partial physics that you know with the partial data that you know 
to discover the rest. That's why we wrote a paper in science. We call it Hidden Fluid Mechanics. Cohen Breen's request got Buckmaster thinking. The classical methods for solving the Euler equations with a cylindrical boundary, as how Lo and Chen had done, involved painstaking progressions through time. But because of that dependence on time, they could only get very close to the singularity without ever reaching it. As they crept closer and closer to something that might look like infinity, the computer's calculations would get more and more unreliable. So they couldn't actually look at the point of blow-up itself. But the Euler equations can be represented with another set of equations that, through a technical trick, sweep time aside. Howe and Law's 2013 result wasn't just notable for pinning down a very precise approximate solution. The solution they found also seemed to have a particular kind of self-similar structure. That meant that as the model evolved through time, its solution followed a certain pattern. Its shape at a later time looked a lot like its original shape, only bigger. That feature meant that mathematicians could focus on a time before the singularity occurred. If they zoomed in on that snapshot at the right rate, they could model what would happen later, right up to the point of the singularity itself. Meanwhile, if they rescaled things in this way, nothing would actually go terribly wrong in this new system. They could eliminate any need to deal with infinite values. Here's Charlie Pfefferman again. That's the idea of a self-similar solution. So the idea is that you are looking as the singularity approaches. You hope there's a singularity and you hope that if you look under a microscope whose magnification is carefully calibrated to just how much it has to be, then actually the picture viewed under the microscope is not doing anything dramatic. It's just approaching some nice limiting thing. Maybe it isn't changing at all. But because the microscope is magnifying so dramatically, so much more as you approach the singularity, that's making the singularity happen. That limit represents the occurrence of the blow-up in the time-dependent version of the equations. Here's Severak. To have a self-similar singularity, you essentially have some smooth function. That's the advantage, that if you have a self-similar singularity, all you need to know is some smooth function which actually does not have singularity, and then the singularity is produced by rescaling the function, which is like a simple operation on the function, but the data which you need for the singularity is smooth. That's an important point because in a computer, it's hard to model singular functions. It's easier to model smooth functions, and so... If you can describe a singularity by using a smooth function, it's a big advantage. The problem is that for this to work, the mathematicians don't just have to solve the equations for the usual parameters, such as velocity and vorticity. The equations themselves also have an unknown parameter, the variable that governs the rate of magnification. Its value has to be just right to ensure that the solution to the equations corresponds to a blow-up solution in the original version of the problem. The mathematicians would have to solve the equations forward and backward simultaneously. That's a difficult, if not impossible, task to achieve using traditional methods. But finding those kinds of solutions is exactly what pins were designed for. 
Mathematician Tristan Buckmaster says in retrospect, It seems like an obvious thing to do, but I hadn't seen that approach before. Buckmaster, Lai, Wang, and Javier Gomez Serrano, a mathematician at Brown University and the University of Barcelona, establish a set of physical constraints to help guide their pin. These constraints are conditions related to symmetry and other properties, as well as the equations they wanted to solve. They used a set of 2D equations, rewritten using self-similar coordinates, that are known to be equivalent to the 3D Euler equations at points approaching the cylindrical boundary. They then trained the neural network to search for solutions and for the self-similar parameter that satisfied those constraints. Here's Lai. This method is very flexible. You can find a solution as long as you impose the correct constraints. And for our problem, we're looking for the self-similar solution. So basically, the, the solution has to follow certain properties. In fact, the group showcased that flexibility by testing the method on other problems. The team's answer looked a lot like the solution that Hao and Lo had arrived at in 2013. But the mathematicians hope that their approximation paints a more detailed picture of what's happening. It marks the first direct calculation of a self-similar solution for this problem. You remember mathematician Vladimir Severek. The new result specifies more precisely how the singularity is formed. Meaning how certain values will blow up and how the equations will collapse. Here's Buckmaster. You're pulling out the structure of the singularity. You're identifying what is the real mechanism of that singularity. You're really extracting the essence of the singularity. This is a clear case where it was very difficult to show this without neural networks. It's a clear advance where it's clear to say night and day that it's a much easier approach. Than traditional methods. Mathematician Javier Gomez Serrano agrees. I think in the future, many people will do numerics in this way. I'm not saying that people won't do numerics the traditional way. I'm just saying that this is going to be part of the standard toolboxes that people are going to have at hand in the future. Once again, pins have revealed what Carniadakis called hidden fluid mechanics. Only this time, they made headway on a far more theoretical problem than the ones pins are usually used for. That's not the only reason mathematicians are excited. Pins might also be perfectly situated to find another type of singularity that's all but invisible to traditional numerical methods. These unstable singularities might be the only ones that exist for certain models of fluid dynamics. These include the Euler equations without a cylindrical boundary, which are already much more complicated to solve, and the Navier-Stokes equations. But even for the stable singularities that classical techniques can handle, Charlie Pfefferman says the solution the pin provided for the Euler equations with a cylindrical boundary is quantitative and precise and has a much better chance of being made rigorous. What happened with the recent thing and the reason why I got so excited is that before that, I was not aware of any roadmap to a solution of 3D Euler that did not involve, okay, now think of something really smart that nobody has thought of before that is just completely a stroke of genius. And I had no idea of how one could get there from here without such a thing. 
Whereas with the current progress of the mathematicians and geophysicists, what I'm thinking is, okay, now there's a roadmap. It will take a lot of work. It will take a lot of skill. I imagine it will take some originality, but I don't see that it takes genius. I think it is doable. Buckmaster's group is now racing against Howe and Chin to get to the finish line first. Howe and Chin have a head start. According to Howe, they've made substantial progress over the past couple of years toward improving their approximate solution and completing a proof. Howe suspects that Buckmaster and his colleagues will have to refine their approximate solution before they'll get their own proof to work. The most challenging part is not getting the proof by itself. It's really set up that framework to extract the disability. There's a lot of cancellation going on. There's very little margin for error. That said, many experts hope that the 250-year quest to blow up the Euler equations is nearly at an end. Or as Severic says, conceptually, the important parts are in place. It's just hard to nail down the details. Matt Carlstrom helped with this episode. I'm Susan Vallett. For more on this story, read Jordana Sapelowitz's full article, Deep Learning Poised to Blow Up Famed Fluid Equations, on our website, quantamagazine.org. Explore science mysteries in the quanta book, Alice and Bob Meet the Wall of Fire, published by the MIT Press, available now at amazon.com, barnesandnoble.com, or your local bookstore. Also, make sure to tell your friends about the Quanta Magazine Science Podcast and give us a positive review or follow where you listen. It helps people find this podcast. <music> <music>